Uh-huh. So I just made it bigger. That's what she said. <laughs> Does that look like there's some missing? It probably just looks smaller. Let me see your phone. It's in my pocket. It's never a good thing. Go ahead. Oh, bigger. <laughs> All right. We're live, kids. Whether we like it or not, this yeah. is how it is. No <laughs> one's watching, so I can always edit this shit out. Okay. I just have it. <laughs> Foresight? Yeah, everything's on there, baby. Cool. Thanks. So we're good? We are yeah. good. Everybody's good. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. It's Wednesday. I don't even know what day it is. That's how long. That's 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 the week I've been having. So, welcome Wednesday night, six o'clock. Must be time for the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. I am your host, Jeff Royds. Joining me as always is my other host, Miss Amber Smith. What's going on, everybody? Uh, joining us again is Chris Simpson. Uh, Chris, you're in like a, a hotel bar. What's going on here? Yeah, I'm in a hotel lobby. It's uh, it's happy hour right now. So, well, I travel a lot for work, and I'm traveling with uh, uh, one of our customs rep. And I've got to be a passenger princess all day. I haven't had to do any of the driving, and it's been glorious. I have absolutely loved it. Can't beat that. So, yeah, I don't I don't get to sit in that role very often. <laughs> <laughs> and back again is Mr. Robbie Curley. Robbie, how you doing? Good, you. Good. Now, Rob, you're in school right now, right? Yeah. Uh, where you to go? Where do you go? Um, to a community college right now, but college is college. Um, I'm going to uh, my degree is edu- education, oh, so. I didn't hear any of that Anymore. because my Wi-Fi sucks. So I'm gonna try not to. Uh, throw my computer tonight but if i do you guys know why okay understandable understandable i gotta i gotta drill a hole in some concrete so i can put in a hard line into this room and it's not going to be fun fun (laughs) so fun fun, but we are not here to discuss my wi-fi issues we are here to discuss zombie fallout book 14 Mm-hmm. Who's excited? I'm excited for this one. This was Me too. really oh, I love 14. Yeah, 14 was this great. Was a, this was a good effing book, man. Yep. Um so much happened, but not a lot happened. Like they didn't get any closer to progressing to fighting the zombies or saving at a station or anything else, but this was like the second act. If this was a movie, because so much shit happened. This was the Empire Strikes Back of the series, yes. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, what's going 100%. on, Naoka? How are you? I would uh, say that 100%. Because, and then we also, in the beginning of the book, we also kind of figure out how far um, Trip's feelers go out in the multiverse because he talks to one of Mike's old uh, battle buddies. And I don't, do the Marines say battle buddies or are they just army? Uh, you're at father's like I was Cub Scouts, so I have okay, no clue. We'll go, okay, we'll go with Battle Buddies. But he, but when Trip like gets his little, it, it, it's it's just shows you how deep the rabbit hole goes, and you understand mm-hmm. how why he takes so many drugs. <laughs> this, yeah, this and, it, it, taking a, oh, sorry, I didn't mean. No, go ahead. Know. I was gonna say we never touched base on that last week uh, about Charlie, and that scene where Trip finds him up in the the, the mountains of Colorado, and it was. 10 years before the zombie apocalypse or whatever it was. And yeah, trip, you know, trip comes to him and says, there's going to be a zombie apocalypse. And when it happens, you need to go to Washington state and find Mike. 
he's going to need your help. And he's like, what the F is this? That's kind of an encrypted message. Um, yeah. So. But I loved it. I loved it. Cause I, I feel oh. like, I, I also like the part where Trip was like, how much can I tell you? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, cause he has so much information and you're like, how deep does this rabbit hole really fucking go with this guy? It goes, it goes. What were you going to say, Robbie? Uh, so just imagine you're about to take a piss and just a dude comes up like, yeah, you got to save your buddy. Footy is not mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, not, not something piss, that... But like, like you're, you're, you're drunk and you're on other stuff and then you see this man uh, and then you're like, is he real? Is this really going on? By the way, Jeff, you were holding your hands up for a really long time. I know, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. This is messed like, up Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, if I if I if I drop out, you guys keep talking. Yeah, so, no worries. Obviously, yeah. you guys are still on because Amber's a host. Yeah, so yeah. It, it won't cut out. But yeah, it, it keeps going in and out. And I'm gonna. You guys don't hear me swearing when it goes off. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so yeah, so the book starts off with the scene with Charlie and his wife and his team. He's part of a Texas armed militia or whatever yeah. it is. And there's, uh, you know, and, and they're there up on the hill. It kind of takes place at the end of this book, but it's in the beginning with Charlie. So we're getting it from his perspective that the whole Etna base is surrounded by zombies. And Charlie's talking to his team and his wife, his wife is part of the team. They're kind of like, yeah, if you had told me that this is really, this was going to be real, I would have never went for it. But it is. And we don't see Charlie for the rest of the book, um, but we know that he's there. So the whole book, I was kind of wondering, okay, when's he coming in? When's he coming in? Mm-hmm. Okay, is he coming in now? Is he coming in now? And then Mark, the son of a bitch, just ends the book. No prologue. Yeah. No Talbot sewed. It's just, Nothing. oh, yeah, guess what? Mm. Uh, yeah, there it is. Thank Bye. You. This has been an audible original. And you're like, you're flipping pages like, uh, what the hell just happened? Or you hit the backspace button. Like, did I skip something? Did I fall asleep? What the hell just happened here? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's Um, the son of a bitch genius that is Mark Tufo that we love and love and hate him all at the same time. I was mad at him after this book. And if he hadn't just gotten the new puppy, I was going to curse him out. But (laughs) I know he's busy playing with, you know, getting the new dog assimilated to the house. So he was spared my wrath this week but i do love it because i feel like as soon as the book started it just kept on running like once again it was like as soon as the book left the ground it just kept on going it was it was amazing yeah yeah um so they're back in their mike is in in his team are in jail they're in the etna station uh jail from what happened after the last book and Dino is kind of on cloud nine and everybody's thinking you know how is he going to get himself out of this one uh in overland in his team of navy seals want to get back to new york to get their friend uh to get them out of there because they had to leave you find it at the beginning of this book as well as the whole thing with charlie that when they got sent out to go capture Dewey, there was a whole big thing that went on with that. And they got sabotaged and ambushed mm-hmm. in the Lincoln tunnel. Uh, and they're surrounded by a, a, a an army of zombies, basically. Yeah. I think they said like 500. Yeah. And Dewey talks to them. And yeah, he says, you know, we're here to get Dewey. And they're, they're having a negotiation with 
zombies. If that isn't messed the F up, I don't know what is. And I'm sure they're thinking to themselves, shit, is this what this Talbot guy has been going through the entire time? Yeah. Uh, this like, is kind of crazy. It, it's kind of their own fault because, like, everything was in his report. Like, mm -hmm. they thought he was lying. They thought he was fluffing his reports to make it seem like he was in more danger than he was. Like, and then they find out, oh, he wasn't lying. Oh, shit, he knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And they still they still continue to doubt him, even throughout the book. Mm -hmm. it's, whether it's on the plane and with the Tommy situation, when they don't trust Tommy. After Tommy literally rescued their guy. Yeah, basically exists the whole team. But you find out uh, how the horde from the last story where they, they dropped the nuke on them and they sent Mike out basically to die, Mike and his team out to die. Yep. Why they drove Dewey back from New York to Washington State, because Dewey, being the negotiator lawyer that he is, said that he wouldn't fly if they're going to take him. He's Dewey basically surrenders to the SEAL team, which in itself, wouldn't that send up a red flag to you? If a, yeah. a zombie you go there to get, they all stop and surround you, and they throw. He says, "Yeah, I'll go with you, but I'll go with you, but you have to leave one guy here." Yeah, I think that from my perspective, I think that if I was in their situation, like you're, it's it's you're surrounded by five hundred zombies. You mm -hmm. got a zombie literally talking into your head, like there's no way to escape, and the zombie's like, "Okay, I'll leave." Like, yeah, let, I think your flight or flight, your fight or flight mode is already kicked in. You're like, I don't care. Let's just get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. And I think later, in thinking about it, like, I think that's my flag. And I think, um, I think it was uh, Overland. He even said, um, he noticed that a lot of the zombies were like, as they were driving back, was like turning around and like looking at him and stuff. So I think they kind of knew that there might have been something going on there. Oh, I'm sure they did. But would you, ex oh, yeah. if you were on that squad at that moment and the zombie surrenders to you, but says, no, 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 I don't want to fly. Uh, we have to drive back. Hey, do you have that much gas to get all the way across the country and get back? I'd assume they just dropped in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking nuts. Hey, uh, what's up, Jason? Jason is in the chat saying hello. If you're in the chat, say hello, uh, interact, see what you want. I know everything kind of gets screwed up if people are reading off of the old time, um, the the old link that popped up. I, I screwed up and put it in for yesterday's date and not today's date. Uh, it was my impression of a human, uh, and you know, <laughs> I, I have no excuse. I made a mistake. My apologies, people. But um, You're human. You're human. Mistakes <laughs> so, happen. But... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Christ, what's the guy's okay, I name? Think, I think this would be a good part for me to break down some. Of yeah, the go down. That... Foresight, uh, Foresight is the guy's name. That does he? How, how I can't I remember. Do does he volunteer to stay behind, or do they? He does. Hey, okay, he, he, he volunteers to stay behind. Him. Him. That but he is... said, but Dewey does give him the option to trade. But he was like, "No, I'm staying. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay." So he get, he says, "I'm going to stay." That is a dude with grande huevos. Great right there. Great uh, Literal. That's basically a death sentence. He gives... Yeah. You don't think you're going to get out of that, do you? If, if you no. give yourself up no. to the zombies? 100% no. 
Okay. Good. Like, not, how, not just how me. would you trust a zombie? Like, <laughs> why would you? Why would you pay, put your your trust in your face in a zombie? I, I think he knew. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do. Think as as... I think he knew it was going to be like a end all be all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so really quick, I'll go over some of the people just because there's a lot that comes in, and a lot of them are like kind of important, and okay. a lot of them end up being on um mike's team eventually so it gets a little bit screwed with how who's on the team and who's not um overlin is the head of the seals team so the seals team is separate from mike's team but he's the head of them reed who reed later on becomes a part of mike's team he is the oldest private known in the marine corps ever um because he doesn't care he's just he doesn't care about being front front line none of that so um he's oh he's been a private for a very long time Forsyth is the gunnery, which is the same position as BT, um, that's held by Dewey. Uh, Wassaw is the head of the military police and the drunk gay guy. And, um, which and is he's a hilarious. vegan. And he's a vegan. Yeah, he's um, vegan. I could have put that drunk, no, drunk vegan gay that. guy. <laughs> I will not. Yeah. That's I, quite I the combination you, for the apocalypse. It is. I will tell you the yes. funniest shit that had me and me and Mel laughing was the fact that he said when him and his partner would get in arguments, he would come in the house and eat cheeseburgers on the couch. That is the level of petty that I think is the most hilarious yes. shit ever. Like yes. I would, I would totally, Absolutely. I would, I would a hundred percent do that. Um, Sorens is the guy who likes plastic dolls. <laughs> but he doesn't have sex with them. He does not He sets them up around the house like they're people. Yes, yes. So everybody has their own coping mechanisms. Um yep. that's his. But Sorensen's also a very weird guy, and Mike says it plenty of times. No. Like Sorens, you're a weird guy, but I really like you. Mm-hmm. Um well, if it Walsh, wasn't for Sorens, Mike would have lost his nubbin. So as he would have bit right through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He would have. Sorens comes through a couple times in this book, so that's yeah. awesome. Uh, and last but not least is uh, Wald is and um, is on Overland's uh, SEALs team, and it's the only female on his team as well. So later on, when Wald becomes a part of Mike's team, you got to remember she also was a SEAL beforehand. So I think that's also pretty badass. Mm-hmm. And that's everybody. Yeah. That's, that's the major the, players. That's like the major players. So, because I, I felt like when I, I felt like when I was reading it, there were so many people coming in. I'm like, okay, let me just write down who's who because there's so many more characters that are important. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's awesome. So, so I just wrote that's like a quick overview of a few people. Yeah, this was kind of also another. This was big with Dino. This whole story here, she was kind of the. Uh, I mean, she's always the big bad in the story, but she really stepped it up a notch in this because you find out she goes to the jail to bring Mike a embroidered silken hood to wear over his head when she thinks that they're going to execute him and hang him. You know, they put the hangman's thing over you because back in the old days, I don't know if you watch a lot of movies or what your history is like, but they used to put a hood over your face before they would drop you into the gallows. So you would, I think it's more for the people out there so they couldn't see you, but also so you wouldn't see the expressions of people out there. And they also do it, um, if you watch the shot, uh, not Shawshank Redemption, the Green Mile, they put a hood over you before mm. they execute you. That's kind of messed up that Deneau comes in with that. And that just shows the level of 
bitchery, vindictiveness, how confident she was that this was the final time that Mike is going to swing on this one. And he, Mike being Mike, he gets out of it um, because she doesn't know. She comes in after not realizing that Warsaw and his team have talked to Overland and they're going to break Mike out or let Mike yeah. and his team out to go with them to New York on a secret covert mission that isn't base sanctioned to go and get Forsyth back. Like that's like on the first, like five minutes of the story. That then which, yeah. And which again, I love because the no, just, I, I, Oh my God. It's like, again, bitch, like stop trying to get overall Mike. Like it was, you picked the perfect time to walk in there. And just like Nyoka said, it was silky smooth present. <laughs> like you just had to get your last lick in. And Mike's like, Soren's open up the gate. Let's go. And she's mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? But then you, you might've skipped this part mm -hmm. when Dano grabs Soren's gun and is like, yeah. she's <laughs> but then she said, but then she owes up to it, which is even funnier. Cause she's like, what do you try? Like, with yeah. you like you can't even blame her for it because you're like you're right you're right i would try that mm -hmm. yeah the, the what, what did he do like was it just a random firearm discharge or did he like accidentally shoot somebody like why was he not allowed to have a loaded gun in the jail cell <laughs> it was probably an accidental discharge yeah pretty much uh and as mike calls him the barney fife uh, of the group, you know, yes. I love that the younger generation doesn't get Mike's references. I would have gotten of some of them, mm -hmm. but like I had to look up who, um, Reed's mom is like, but once I seen it, I've watched my cousin Vinny like 87 times. So I knew who, but I didn't know her name as an actress. And I'm like, I get why he would have to have to beat people off of her like i get that but it's like from just from the name i didn't know who it was and i'm like once i looked it up i'm like oh yeah i get that mm -hmm. yeah robbie what were you thinking about in the first that that first little scene there about how that was like what, what was your reaction on that? i thought it was comedic how she begged everyone hey can you help me when mike's like yeah no no one's coming yeah, she tried to play the uh, the damsel in distress and the poor me, poor me, you know, I'm I'm being taken hostage now. It was a and total I, 180 on her. And I love which, how, I love how the um, Soin is his name. Mm -hmm. Is like, yeah, I met a bunch of Sanders, but one always sticks out to me, and it's your husband. Sanders, no. And if anything bad happened to him, he always said it's your fault. So, yeah, she saved her life on that plane, though. I will She's say that. <sighs> like, if she hadn't spoke to Bennington, he was ready to shoot that plane down. He's ready I, to damn them I all. Mike, Mike, uh, basically forced her to tell the truth about Mike was on, so Bennington could hear what she said. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was a setup. Like yeah. they set that, yeah. they kind of set that up. Yeah, yeah but that wasn't Mike's. Would Mike was just clueless as she was. Yeah, I was talking like right before that when when Bennington was ready to shoot down the plane, and they're like, "Oh, it was Mike. Mike's doing the hijacking." And 
he was still resi- ready to pull that trigger. And then Dano piped up and started screaming. And that's when he found out she was on board. And then it kind of backed off mm-hmm. and led to everything else. So, yeah, we're well, totally. He, he, yeah, he, he hears her voice and he's like, Do you have the, the, the head of the citizen brigade or the citizen yep. council on there? It's like, All right, we'll talk about this later. Uh, you know, they're basically, he's basically going to arrest them when they get back. And then when they're on yep. the plane and Mike's pissed off at Dino and he's ready to throw her out, pretty much, uh, she confesses everything. And Eastman, being the sly little bastard that he is has the intercom system going so mm-hmm. bennington back at etna can hear deno saying bennington's an idiot i'm gonna take over the base i want to get him out of the way i want to get you out of the way people need to be ruled it's like bitch you're in a zombie apocalypse and you just that that's the only way that you can rule yeah. is if the rest of the world is ending like seriously i think she'd be a good leader if she wasn't such a c-word Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. I don't think so. You don't. Why? Why not? She, yeah, it, it's just it's too ingrained in her DNA. <laughs> like even when she tried to be good, she like as soon as as soon as opportunity knocks, she dove on it. Like how many times has she said that? You know, if it wasn't for you know, Mike is the one. The whole reason she's trying to kill Mike is because she knows that he would never let her take over the base. Like it's it's way too ingrained in her DNA to be a good leader, and she doesn't care about her people. She doesn't give two shit. She proves that when she's captured and sitting at the base later on. Like the only reason they know about where the bomb is is because she sold out her uh, her underling for a blanket mm-hmm. and then a, a cigarette. cigarette. Yeah. So yeah, all, all she cares about is herself and that is not the quality of a good leader yeah thomas down in the chat has his forest gump moment he says evil is as evil does and that's 100 100 right she i love that she's having the conversation with mike uh and i'm not sure when in the book this was if it was on the plane or if it was later but she's talking to him about how she always thought Mike was a little, uh, a, a little dense when they were living in little <sighs> like in the winter time, you walk your dog in shorts and he's like, I run hot. I don't know if you guys do this in other parts of the country, but that is a, a, a big Bostonian trait where people will walk around in shorts in a winter coat and a hat and ski goggles or whatever it is, but they're wearing shorts with boots or shorts with sneakers or flip flops or whatever it is in the dead of winter. That is such a Bostonian thing. I do that all the time when I take my dogs out. I'll throw a do coat you? on. All right. Um, so it's not just a... on. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I think it's I, a male I will, thing. I, I will say for just my line of work, my shorts fit better than my pants. So it will take, I'll wear long johns underneath my, my shorts, but mm-hmm. I'll wear shorts till like damn near December, j- January. Okay. But it doesn't make that, it doesn't make that big of a difference. If I'm going to the gym, I wear shorts all the, all year round. I can't, I can't wear shorts when I interact with my customers. Otherwise, I'd be wearing shorts right now. I um, don't have the legs for shorts, so I never wear them. I don't have the legs. I'm not saying I have the legs for shorts. I'm just saying I don't wear it. That's why I wear pants when I interact with my customers. It's, so, it's not, it's, I got I to gotta represent a little bit of decorum for the company. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nayoka down in the chat saying, "Come to what's MT? What, Probably what's Mountain. What uh, is no, it? Montana? 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 Is it Montana? Yeah, come. I'm gonna say Montana uh, until she corrects me. Come to Montana. We are in. We barbecue in shorts <laughs> in the winter and boots in tank tops. That sounds like my kind of place. Can never wow. go wrong with a good barbecue. I was about to say I'm down for barbecue wherever we're at." Yeah, it's my too. I'm not I'm not a vegan, so we're all good. <laughs> You're not a gay vegan? Don't worry about um, that. That not drinks either one of those. That drinks all the yeah, time. Nope. Hey, question. Well, I mean, you know, I can kind of understand the drinking all the time. If I lost Aaron, I don't know what I'd do. I'd be mm. pretty awful too. <laughs> so when they get to New York and they land in a naval base up in uh, Saratoga, which I thought was hilarious because I was re listening to this on Tuesday and that's my New York route. And I was just passing Saratoga as they're saying this part. And I was like, holy crap, this where they are. Synchronicity. Yeah. Um, but they get confronted by another group. It's kind of a, an offshoot police militia that is in there. They never say this, but do you think that that's the same group? Remember when they went to New York the first time that they got painted and somebody shot a missile at them? Yeah. At the helicopter and they had to abort a little bit early. Do we think that's the same group that shot at them the first time? Could yes. be. Absolutely, Could be. yes. And but I would never take organized. it further because they're not actually police. They were, didn't, doesn't it like reveal that he, Mike figures out they weren't cops. They were working for the other side. They were criminals. Oh, okay. I didn't pick up on that. I didn't hear. I didn't. I didn't read that part. So that's wow. So that. So they're trying to be, but they're all still wearing, you know, tactical outfits and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Well, wouldn't oh. you? And he sent me a Yeah. Yeah, I probably would. You're gonna have really the bullet through that. that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And they go for they go for the uniform and age because I mean you get that with gangs. Gangs are always trying to look the same and everything else. So, so let me just ask this question because I'm, I'm, I'm. When it comes to uh, like the United States and shit, I'm like completely. I, I'm, I'm not good with, with like directions, which is bad because I'm a driver. Um, but they're in Washington. Are they in Washington State, like yes. by um, yeah. Seattle and Portland and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't think they ever say fully what area it's in. They said they went to California, didn't they? On the road up. Yeah, there. they're on they're on the other side of the United States from New York. So I'm gonna say Washington State. Mm -hmm. Great. So just for just context, right? So when they picked up Dewey, and I just put generally New York, um, when they picked up Dewey, they had to drive for a day and a half to get from New York to Washington with a zombie in the back. That's if you drive straight through. That is a straight through. That's drive. going. That's going standard speed limit too. Like if they're in a military vehicle, I don't know. I don't know if military vehicles can run. Anything top speed six standard speed limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no tolls or traffic, you know, they might have to. They yep. didn't say they had any they're problems, so they had an extra now. day. But with traffic, but if they would have flown, oh, it would only been. If they would have flown, it only would have been eight hours. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a little ge geography for this story. A little bit for you. Yeah, it's I've done that ride. I've gone from Boston to Las Vegas, and it's a day and a half drive, and that's driving like 12, 13, 14 hours straight. Wow. 
with a little bit of traffic and everything else. So going from New York, but Dewey has the ability, what Dewey didn't want to do. Dewey didn't want to fly because he would lose his connection with the zombies. He's a Mm -hmm. smart mother effer where he knows that if they're driving, that he can control, keep his link on all the other zombies and the smart zombies that have been created. They form sort of a chain gang mental network where you can tell them, follow us. We're going to where the food is, which is Again, basically what that terrifying. was. It was a wagon train. Now, here's my question. So yes. Dewey's not selling control of those other zombies, of the New York zombies, is he? Because it's not like when the outer fringes ones are getting attacked, it's not like he sends them to attack. Like he just he let he he used the command and then he tied it off like as Eliza used to do. Right? So he lied. But he can like still they control them the because yeah. because they would have eaten um uh uh, uh what's his name? You mean well, I, I kind of figured it was like a, Eliza could give them a command and tie it off and then walk away and not worry about them ever again. Of course, so I was kind of wondering if it was something similar that Dewey it's, can do. It sounded similar because what they did was, I mean, they ended up biting Forsyth's fingers off for it, where he's in, uh, they he has on the, the on the wrist. Or they on bite the him on the wrist, right? He has yeah. the virus in him, but they're controlling it to hold the virus back so he doesn't fully yeah. turn. That's their insurance policy that we find out when they yep. finally find Forsyth that they did that to him. And it's like, sneaky son of a bitches. But I think Dewey, what the infection is, can give him like kind of a neural link type of thing with all the other zombies. That he, It's a chain through all the zombies throughout the entire country that he can keep control of them to get back to New York to where Fortnite is being held hostage. That's why they didn't, A, he didn't want to fly, but B, so he could along the way kind of pie piper the zombies to get them to follow him to Etna Station because without the people at Etna Station, A, there's food there and that's what they want. And food is kind of in a scarce commodity right now because more people are turning to zombies but he wants them to come to there so that way they can't kill anybody else they can't mm-hmm. kill any more of the other zombies and but, they can establish their dominance on the planet eliza and tommy could do that too because eliza stopped the virus from progressing in justin right it was justin right? and then tommy stopped it from advancing in vt it's a yeah, different type mean- of control though uh, sorry go ahead robbie but didn't that power got cut off when Eliza died? It did. Yes, it did. And, and it I started think, coming back. Yeah. But because of what the, the 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 medical team in New York, the researchers did, or the doctors did, out in New York, that with the the bullets that can either kill the zombies on contact, or it makes them smarter. That's part of the side effects that Dewey can control all the zombies as long as he can stay in contact with one. It's kind of like a a, 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 a whisper chain. Where, you know, he puts one control over one zombie. That zombie can now can control all the others. Mm-hmm. So it goes back from that all the way out from New York to Washington. And yes. that's how Dewey is able to do it. Yeah. I'm curious about the snacks on the way. Because in in one of the where we get uh, the the man that lost his fingers and they cut off his hands, who was that on on uh, 
Tell oh, Mike's team. team? <clears throat> it starts yeah. with an S. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I wanted to say Spindler, but I knew that's not right. No. But yeah, but there's there's a part. I think it was it was either thirteen or this book. There's a part where he talks about losing, not having control of his body while he eats a human. So at some point in time, yeah. you're not opposed to feeding a human to a zombie for the greater good. Well, they kind of have to, and I think. I think they have, but they're not saying anything because if the zombies aren't being fed, don't they go into stasis or they just die off? Yeah, that's scary, man. Could you imagine? I couldn't imagine it. Who do you feed to them? That's another thing. Where the fuck did they get human meat? Uh, the guy, the the um, second in command that tried to kill... Talbot and his family would be a good choice. The XO? Yeah, XO. Yeah, I would definitely feed them them to him. So I, I, would have no, I would have no problem with taking prisoners or the, the, the D-bags or the guys that um, they end up finding. I forget which part of it was. I think it was toward the end where they end up finding someone that was in jail that did was doing stuff to kids. Yeah, it was um, a Lincoln guy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I would have no problem feeding a pedophile to a zombie. Which, you know, and, and I would say this. So there's always, anytime you come to dealing with humans, you're going to have morals. And, mm -hmm. and you're going to have morals coming into a factor of what your decisions are, right? Regardless. And for me, I feel like it's the end of the world. Why are we worried about we don't have the resources, the time, the mindset to try to rehabilitate somebody like that. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we wasting resources on somebody who is clearly yeah. sick in the mind? You know what I mean? Like, if you remember in Walking Dead when Carol was like, look at the flowers. He, she knew yeah. that little girl was screwed up in the head. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. She had to do it. She had to do what had to be done. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, she, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like at a certain point. Like, I know you don't want to go around being like a dictatorship, like exactly what I says goes. But then it's like at the end of the day, like, do, why are we wasting? Why is this even a conversation that we're having right now? You know, and I think that that's that that's what makes it difficult at the end of like civilization when you don't have the resources that we have normally right now. You know, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. No. Robbie, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. Don't have any right now. But. All right. Robbie's thoughtless on that. Standard yeah, Robbie yeah. is Switzerland on that. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries, brother. Oh, uh, man, we, can't skip, we can't skip talking about uh, Tommy's heroic scene saving Forsyth in the thing. Like, he, he was pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. He oh, gets yeah. it, but then he gets scratched, but they think that he's bitten, and automatically they want Don't to shoot him it. and get rid of him. It's like, uh, oh, yeah. how about a little bit of compassion for the guy that just saved, for the whole purpose of the mission, was to save your dude, and now you guys want to put him down? Well, I'll, your, I'll dude is, your dude is bit, too. So, like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, that's, that's kind of my point. So they wanted, they wanted to kill Tommy, to put him out of the misery, so they didn't have to deal with Tommy. But their dude has been bitten, and you know it transfers to the bite. Thank you. And but they say they make every saving grace for the dude that's been bitten. But then they want to eliminate Tommy right away because he gets he gets scratched. He gets he gets that bone spur. 
mm-hmm. while he took down and saved all their fucking asses. I think that's kind of like why Reed, Reed makes the comment that, you know, that even if he finds the frequency they're on, he'll just skip over it. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I think that kind of shows what's going on. Right. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't tell, tell them. He doesn't tell him that he's bit. He just says that he's well. They just see him holding his arm, holding his hand. But when BT yeah. wants to get him to go up to the front of the, the the car with him to drive, they're like, "No, he's been bit. We got to do what's right. We got to do what's right. He's not going to infect us. He's he's not going to get us." And BT's fighting like, you know, he's coming up. He's coming up. And finally, he tells him he's just got a scratch, but the scratch is from the bone. Excuse me, of a zombie. So yeah he's not going to get infected. It's the same thing that when Mike gets shot in the stomach, when they're on the airfield, only a certain amount of people know that my, who Mike and Tommy are, what they really are. Yeah. And I think on this team, it's wi- still winters. Uh, winters is the only winters and BT, Tommy and Gary are probably the only. I ones thought it know. was the entire squad that knows it by now. No, not yet. They not don't yet. know. When, no. when did they figure yeah, it out? They don't figure that out. Later on. I think only Rose does. It was then in like 16 that Mike tells him all. Yeah, they, I, it's in that book, they tell him who, what exactly Tommy is and what Mike is. Yeah, um, I think that was in Africa when they when they do that, when they, when they, when they figure okay. out that Tommy is. But I do want to pose the question of, so Tommy gets scratched by, by zombie bone, right? Mm-hmm. Which, if in a human, he would be he would have been effect, infected, right? So me and me and Mel were talking about it. Does his zombie virus supersede a light version of the zombie virus? And his I'm vampire talking about virus. Yes, and okay. I'm talking about like a, because his vampire virus, he'll never get sick. The zombie virus is essentially a sickness. So is it just a light version of itself? Like if he would get like a finger bit off, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, you might turn it that much, but like a light version of it, is he in control of himself enough to like push that virus out? What do you think? What are you going to say, Robbie? Um, He's still going to get infected. We've seen him with Liza. She got infected. Liza drank though. She, she, she drank the virus in it. So like from three people, bit. from she, three people, yeah. and she was still fine. Yeah, yeah. She, well, wasn't I, she wasn't fine, fine but it, it took her. Uh, it took her a long time before she, she started showing outward signs of the zombie virus. Yeah, like yeah. we're talking weeks. Like she fought. She fought. Like she fought it off fairly well. But Eliza was was a zombie when they first met her. When she first interacted mm-hmm. with Mike, because she bit drank the three people that had just gotten inoculated. Uh, but they met with the, they met the, a couple the, weeks the into, the, into the into the zombie outbreak. It's, and she she drank the blood on the very first day. Mm-hmm. And drinking yeah, the blood is pretty much the same as saliva. So yeah and so it was like three full bodies of blood and she still yeah. had some of her faculties. She wasn't a full zombie. She still had some of her faculties. Mm-hmm. So you got Tommy, who just gets a scratch. He's been a full vampire for how many years? Hundreds of years. Like, do you think that he, he he's strong enough to just push it out? Because he he's, he doesn't get affected. Like, he doesn't turn into a zombie. So it, I think it kind of, like, I think Mike would be in danger just because he's only ever been a half vamp. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. think Tommy, the, the, the strength of vampirism that he has, I think kind of gives him a little bit of immunity. 
Yeah, definitely. I think Tommy's abilities and Tommy's strength that he can, like you said, he can push that virus out because it's only a scratch. Because when Justin got scratched, he had that link to Eliza with the other zombies. So if Tommy gets scratched from a zombie that is controlled by Dewey, can Dewey kind of now take over Tommy a little bit? I mean, they never really talked about it in the story or it never happened. It was just Tommy got scratched. You know, he, he took a couple of aspirin and he's fine. Um, but what if that, that happened, that Tommy became kind of how Justin was where he got scratched by his arm? I think that Tommy scary. has a mental strength to just do what you decide, if that makes sense. If that was the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nyoka says the yeah, same thing in the chat that she thinks uh, Tommy's fast healing of the vampire outdoes the zombie virus, which I, I agree with. And I think that's what happened. I think that's what happened so, with Tommy. So in the, in the Tim series, we kind of learned that there's, there's two aspects to the zombie virus. So there's mm-hmm. the physical aspect, but there's also the mental aspect. And Tommy's got a lot of mental acuity. He's able to force confessions out of people. Um, and like he, who I think it was in the last book where they were trying to interrogate somebody and they were being resistant. And Tommy came up and did his little mind voodoo on them and he got the information from them that they needed. Yeah. So you know, Tommy's also- got, he's got the mental <laughs> as well as. Mm-hmm. We also Bart, find no. out this what Tommy's last name is. Is this the Van first Gogh. time we hear Tommy Van Gogh? They kept saying Private Van Gogh or whatever his name was. And I was like, who the hell are they talking about? And I realized after the second go around, holy shit, that's Tommy's last name. I don't think we've ever heard Tommy's last name before, have we? I, I thought he was taking the Talbot last name when they, he, they adopted him. Did they? What were you going to say, think- Robbie? I think they mentioned Eliza's last name before this. So, in one of the flashback scenes, uh, I I think Tommy was explaining to Mike where he came from and all that. Okay, yeah, I wasn't remember if that was uh, something that they 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 talked about before. So I just that kind of hit me. I was like, holy shit, Tommy's got a last name. It was just Tommy or Tomas. So. Uh, but let me say, I think the best thing, one of the best parts of this, this whole book, I think, is Gary. This whole this this whole book here, Gary is kind of uh, the comic relief of the things, and the whole reason he wants to go back to New York when they're taking a vote is so he can go back to the M M&M and M store to get a pair of pajama bottoms because they're the most comfortable thing he's ever worn. Love PJ. Uh, I love PJ. Yeah. It's like he wants to put himself. He first he doesn't want to go uh, because BT says no. And then he says yes because BT says yes. Um, but he always said he wants to go back just to get another pair of pajama bottoms. And BT's like, you really got to sacrifice your life for pajamas? And he's like, yeah, we're going to do that as a golden speedo. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I, I thought that part was so, it's like such a throwaway type of thing that is just so Mark in his writing that. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Thank you. Well, that, it's that, funny that whole thing he was, was just awesome. He was siding with BT, and then the very next second, like he was slamming BT. Like that's not gonna get him in hot water with BT. Like, yep. I don't know anybody who would want to intentionally piss off BT. 
And the reason why he did it, he's like, yeah, you've seen this dude? I don't want to piss him off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I've been hanging around with fucking Talbots all this time. Yep, yep, yep. We also learned that Overland knows exactly who Dano is and how vindictive she is because he was in charge, uh, had done some stuff and had interactions with Dano's husband, the senator. And I guess when he drank a lot, he would talk about his wife and be like, she's the most vindictive, meanest person in the world. I would have never gotten elected if it wasn't for her. And when the whole ZPOC happened, he was in charge of going and kind of rounding up some of the important people. When he gets to Senator Dano's house, he finds him with a bullet in his head. And he knows that it was Vivian, that his wife was the one that shot him. Yep. So while she's on the plane playing this, poor me, poor me, I didn't do it, I'm innocent. Overland knows flat out that she's a lying, evil bitch. Yep. Yep. I, I love the scene, like, at the end of the plane ride back, when Mike's got her at, like, the door's open. He's got her open, and she's, like, she's not begging for her life. But, I mean, that's basically what she's doing. She's giving Overland an out mm-hmm. to save her. And even with a gun to the back of my head, he's like, no, you want to save her? You do it. He lets go, and, and Overman has to frantically try and get her. And she's got that, like, oh, shit moment. Like, she doesn't regret her choices. She's going to live or die based on her choices. But mm-hmm. at the same time, she realizes she's going to die if somebody else doesn't save her. I yeah. love, love that scene. Favorite scene of the whole book right there. I hate to know. She is a survivalist, and I think that's the enduring part of her character. And it's sad. It's bittersweet, the demise that she meets in book 16. Uh, If you haven't gotten that far, you knew it was going to happen eventually, so sorry, spoilers. But you kind of wish that she would come back in another story, you know, whether she comes back in... Uh, you know, when Mark's doing Devil's Desk 3 or if she comes in, if she's in the um, the, the fantasy novel that she's doing, I kind of want to see that, that character in a different life. You know, is she still an evil bitch? Is she still Dano? Or in an alternate universe, is Dano oh, a different I, person? I love how you know so much. I hate that her as a character and everything she does. Yeah. And I, I demonize Mike so many times for not just putting a bullet in her head because that's absolutely what she deserves. Like, I, I get that she's, she saved his life as many times as she tries to kill it, but, like, she is the result of so much loss of life in his circle. The, his, <clears throat> the person under his command, if they had adequate gear mm-hmm. had they got to that tunnel in time, he never would have got bit. Like the whole reason he died is because of the note. Like she is absolutely evil, and she's too good for a bullet. But I do like how she does finally get hers. So I think she needs her own silken, silken monogram hood. Oh, Robbie, what yeah. were you gonna say, brother? Um, I I'm currently listening to Like and Fallout series on Audible. And I love how um, it was before uh, Mike goes into the unwilling to help Tommy. He's like, 
is he that evil when he's running into woods injured? He's like, is he that evil just to say fuck death and still be alive today? Yeah, you wonder if she would be. <laughs> and hope that she would she wouldn't be because she if if I think if uh I think if Hitler and whoever the most evil woman in the world was had a baby, it would be Dino. Yeah, it'd probably be like Hitler and then Typhoid Mary, and then it'd be fucking Dino would be their love child. Yeah. Dino would have helped is. Hitler write some more power. Like, <laughs> so, he would have been able to take over the world if she had been around to help him. Definitely. Um, but, I mean, a lot happens in getting the guys back from New York, but they get back and they're not... Mike is... When they're on the plane, there's another scene on the plane when they're flying back and Mike is holding Deneau out of the bay. They they lower the, 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 the troop transport. They lower it and Mike is holding Deneau out and he's ready to drop her, just drop her yeah. off the thing. And her last ditch effort is she tells um, Overland that there's a cure for the zombie virus. And automatically he switches and turns on Mike because they want to try to yep. get fourth sight fixed. Fourth sight <laughs> knows that he's dying. He's tired. He's done. He wants to just go. But Overland being the, 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 whether it's, that's his friend, that's his, his, his teammate, his charge, the whole reason why they sacrificed and they went to New York and they're basically under treasonous acts. He pulls a gun on Mike and is ready to just end Mike to save his friend when Mike is the whole reason you broke a, you broke Mike out of jail. Like so many twists and turns in the story. They break Mike out of jail or get him out of jail and his team to go to New York to save their friend or save their, their, their team mate. I don't know what you want to call it. Remember their team. He goes to New York. They get him back because of Tommy immediately. They want to kill Tommy because Tommy gets scratched. They think that he's, bitten and that he's infected and then when they're on the plane they end up wanting to kill Mike because Mike wants to kill Dino and Dino tells them no there's a cure we can cure your man we can cure foresights and then they turn on Mike it's like so many different twists and turns that are happening it's you gotta kind of read through it at least two or three times to understand who is involved in what there are so many double crosses and backstabs and this part of like these people on that station, the Navy SEALs are fighting these guys. And then you get to the part where they get back. Mike and them are in the barrows taking on, you know, some old crack den that they convert into a home. And there's two vans and Navy SEALs out there that are with the XO. Um, uh, Not Navy SEALs. Not Navy SEALs. Supply, supply clerks, like they yeah, were, they were support yeah. staff for the military. Uh, yeah, like Garrison, who, yeah, Garrison's out there that he's in charge because Dino tells him that Talbot wants to take over the base and he's evil, he's vindictive. But even when Mike goes and confronts them, which is such a cool freaking move, he just walks right out there and knocks on the window. They're totally not expecting it, which is great. Oh, it's a great tactical thing. You do the exact opposite of what somebody thinks you're going to do in a fight, you totally throw them off and you don't, they don't have any idea 
how to react initially because you think somebody's going to act one way when they do the exact opposite. It takes you a couple of seconds to understand totally what is going on. And Mike's just like, Hey guys, how's it going? What can I do for you? You know? Yeah. So the XO was in on it because he was, he was supposed to be the figurehead for the military. Oh yeah. He's in like, on it. With no one, totally. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't lied to everybody else in the van in that first van was lied to. Was Yeah. And, yeah, and like what ends up uh, bringing the stalemate to the end and whatnot is, um, uh, they're the the sniper. Who's the sniper on the team? Denzel. Denzel. Yeah. So she yeah she went to uh, she went to basic with uh, one of the one of the ladies in the van, and that's what that's what kind of brings it to a close. And she, once she gets on their side, uh, the stalemate kind of. Ends and then the other fan attacks and everybody gets some people get shot and they have to they have to kill them all so mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I think that that ends up just being a just a real boss move like and I think when Mike starts bringing just common sense which is um, surprising for the Mike character to bring in but he's just like Very all of you so. guys are like all of you guys are supply what makes you think that you guys can take over well trained you know, Marines out here, like we, we're ground pounders, like we're, we're fighting every day. Now, I'm not saying your job's not important, but what makes you think you guys are the ones that are assigned to take mm -hmm. over our little renegade over here? And I think it's like yeah, they, they kind of like process it a little bit, like, yeah, you're right. I think we've been lied to pretty hard. Well, then they get brought inside and they realize that, you know, the team is comprised of mostly women and children. Like, They've got all the, all the women and all the, the kids that they've collected and all the dogs that they've collected. And it's like, these are the people that are supposedly trying to overthrow the base. Like, we fucked up hard. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how people would just blindly follow orders thinking, okay, here's a house. Here's that a setup for people. They think Mike and all of them are bad. He's like, you know what I was doing before? I came out here, we were eating spaghetti and garlic bread. And you can probably yep. still see some of my oh. beard. We're not planning to overthrow anything, but the people out there, they blindly, it's kind of miraculous how this is the way it works that you're given an order. Okay, we're going to go. Here's a, a, a militia. They're going to try and take over the base. You're in there without even knowing all the facts. You're just doing as you're told, which is scary and also a testament to how the military works and how people work and how the chain of command works that you have to trust the person that is in charge of everything and they are trusting the XO uh, trusting Garrison that he knows what he's talking about when in reality he's lying to all of them and he's just fucking A man it's kind of crazy that they're fighting with each other when the fight isn't inside. The fight is outside and the fight is right at your door. There's a couple thousand zombies right at the gates of Etna Station and they're inside just fighting for power. It's like, what are you fighting for? What's the purpose of all this? But there are people really like that in this world, which is just mind-blowing. So, thank you. Yeah, that's valid. That's valid. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Great. Sounds like happy hours in full swing there, buddy. Oh, oh, definitely. Bottomless, bottomless beers. I love it. I love yeah. it. I, I, if I'm in this area, 
for work. I stay at this hotel for this reason. Mm. I was here Monday night enjoying it as well. So five to seven, all you can drink. Well, at least until the beer holds out. When the beer runs out, the beer runs out. So there you go. Hey, I think you got to get yourself some noise canceling headphones next time, though. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, <laughs> background I'll, noise. I'll invest in that. Because it sounds that. like fun, but it's that's just a, there's a lot. <laughs> I do apologize. No, no I'll, I'll do my best to make sure my Wednesdays are stuck at no. home. So drinking from home. No worries, shit happens. You got a question for you? What's up, Grit? Uh, at the beginning of the book, um, at the end of the introduction to, I've got his name. The Texas group. They set mm -hmm. this small arms fight. Is that where the book? ends is that supposed to be the epilogue yeah i think the book think so. starts yeah. where it ends uh with charlie's group the tex militia that when they're up on the hill they can see some gunfire now it could be a number of any time that there's gunfire because there's a lot of gunfire in this but i think it's from when the apache helicopter goes outside to try and shoot the zombies off uh out of the thing and Dewey can now can control buzzards that he sends the buzzards into the engine of the Apache and the Apache yeah. crashes. And there's a lot going on. And, and then the zombies are holding the gates open when they send a tank out to try to get everything. The zombies are like, you know, zombies 5.0. They're not even elevated a little bit. They are at full military capacity at this point. And they're an army that is not going to back down. It doesn't care if they get killed because they have the numbers. So I think when all of that is going on, the end scene where it is the total battle, that's where Charlie's group is up on the hill that can see all of them, ha see all of it happening. Mm -hmm. and then, um, so one, one thing, a point I'd like to, I'd like to point out real quick yep. that they kind of cover it in this book. And I've, I've read it in other books as well. They always go with swords Mm -hmm. To fight the zombies when they run out of bullets, but <clears throat> in the Mountain Man series, they actually go a little bit in detail. Baseball bats, blunt objects, are what you want. You want to be able to smash the skull and move on in a quick pace, and you get that a lot easier when you're dealing with a blunt object compared to a sharp. Because he talks about how the swords just kind of graze over the skull, and unless you can get it in like perfectly in an eye socket. Like flashing the stomach doesn't do any good against a zombie. You need to crush the head. You need to destroy the brain. Mm -hmm. So that's where the uh, the blunt object would be a lot better. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, yeah. uh, Chris, what I'm gonna do because it's getting really loud in the background with you. I'm gonna mute you when you're not talking. All right. So if okay. you do have something to say, just, just kind of raise your hand for a second, and I'll I'll know to call. Yeah, I'll, I'll slip up to my I'll slip up to my hotel room for the remainder of the call, and I'll just okay. stay on mute until I get up there. All right, cool. So I mean, we're getting toward the end anyway, so probably by the time Chris gets up there, it'll be time to come back yeah. down. But that's okay. Um, but yeah, the whole scene with the Apache helicopter that kind of blew me away thinking about that because I don't know what an Apache helicopter looks like. Didn't. But, didn't the zombies take over a tank? And um, he's like, I'm not going to shoot a tank. Yeah, there's a scene where the tank goes out of the gate and the zombies are, they get in the tank and they're starting to turn the arm. 
and Mike's getting one of the munitions people to shoot the tanker like there's people in the tank. It's like that's a zombie in the tank. It's not that it's a that there's not military people in there. You got to blow up everything. The zombies are just kind of hitting everything hard. I don't know if I'd have the strength, the willpower, the stamina, the mental capacity to fight smart zombies like that. Amber, would you? <sighs> it's everybody's going down. Just give me one of those big ass machine guns and I'm just going down. Like there's there's no at this point it's like I feel like I feel like at this point of the game Mm-hmm. everything that Mike has seen, and granted, I, I think it's even more confusing because information isn't flowing to everybody there, and not everybody saw the um, why the Apaches went down. You know what I mean? Not everybody's seen what Mike saw and what he was able to deduce from the time that he was on the wall and then came down and see what's going on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But like, I feel like in a time of battle, it's a time where you just like, if somebody's giving you an order to shoot the kill, just do it. You know what I mean? Like there's no time for questions, morals, anything like that. Like that, that, yeah, I think that's the, the area that you get to. Yeah. And that whole battle at the end, that's a long ass scene that mm-hmm. is going on in that. And it just conti- it just seems to go on forever. And there's the scene with Justin and Tommy in the van and the zombies coming in. And then there's the whole thing where they're out on the gate, trying to close the gate. And then Mike ends up calling Bennington and being like, this got Dewey written all over it. Your Apache just went down. Call the other one off. Are you going to lose three of them? Not just one. Uh, you know, and even Bennington is finally re- comes to the, 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 the resolve that, yeah, Dewey's got to die. Here's my key card. Um, you're probably going to try to get stopped, but do what you got to do to get in there. And then there's the scene where Mike is confronting Dewey. Why he even has a conversation with him is beyond me. It adds a little bit of effect to it, but he also has the conversation with, uh, what's it? Um, his private. Yeah. His private. What's the private's name that got bit that the, his fingers got bitten off and they gave the injection to, to he's kind of inside Soren? of himself that. Soren. Uh, Soren. Yeah, yeah, Sorens, that he's inside of himself watching this the zombie part of him take over, and he's just like, you know, kill me, kill me. I I gotta die. I can't do this anymore. I can't stand in this. And there's that yeah. whole inner struggle. And that was the he, part of the, the he, book no. Dewey has him begging for his life. Yeah, does he? Yeah, I he thought was he was begging, begging Mike. Yeah. Yeah, he was begging Mike to save his life. He was he was asking him not to kill him, tell him he's still in there. Oh, he's shit, still alive. No. Yeah, like this is why I have smarter was, people than me. Dude, yeah, Dewey was having him play severely on Mike's heartstrings, like, and Stenzel went with him, mm-hmm. and that's where we kind of find out that Stenzel and him kind of had a little love thing going on, and like Stenzel had to leave the room because Mike was about to do what needed to be done. And yeah. she wasn't and even, yeah. And even Dewey was surprised when he shot uh Sorens. He was even surprised. He was like, I did not expect you to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. then after that, does need to go away to do in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dewey's uh, he, he takes care of Dewey now. As well, I do have a question with that. After What's Dewey up? dies. Does that mean the connection spoken, which means all the zombies out in front of the base is no longer smart 
You know what I mean? They think yes, that it would no. break the connection, but they're Dewey Dewey isn't the only smart zombie out there because of the the magic bullets, so to speak. One out of every hundred or whatever becomes oh Springer shit. Springer, thank you. Yeah. Beth Thanks, down Beth. in the chat. Hey, what's up, Nate? Um, yeah, it's not Sorens, it's Springer. Jerry Springer, if you think about that. Um, but yeah, but the, the, yeah, they, some of them are leaving, but some of them aren't. 13 rescuing uh Hannah and her brother. Yeah, there's a couple of them that are still um that you know that are still good that I think that are keeping the connection from coast to coast with all the zombies that there's kind of one in every substation of the country Which, smart zombie. Yeah. If you wanna if you wanna take it a step further, if Trip hadn't interacted with Hannah and got her to know about the the tinfoil, because Hannah's the one that said just saves Justin mm-hmm. by pulling him underneath mm-hmm. the car. Mm-hmm. And Hannah is yep. the reason that they know that somebody is underneath that car in this book. If it wasn't for her, they would have passed right over that car. They'd have been like, oh, that's weird, and kept going. Mm-hmm. So yeah. fourth wall break right there. There was. I actually love the scene too, where they get back and uh Mike goes to get the the family out of jail and Avalyn is standing uh, she's up on the desk reading a book and he throws out a Sean Renette reference. Yeah. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I was curious if that was like actually written in the book or if Sean Renette just kind of threw that one in there. Uh I know as a as an audiobook narrator, you don't have liberties to add anything in. So that is written gotcha. word for word what Mike wrote. What Mike gotcha. Mark wrote. Uh, in the story and there's also been in i can't remember which book it was where mark is literally talking to sean telling sean to say this at the beginning and that i love you buddy and i know you're blushing in your booth right now while you're reading this but you know are you ready to do this here we go so it's sean reading mark's words about sean Talking yeah, about yeah. himself. It was kind of like a, a fourth and fifth wall type of thing. And it was I, I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it was great, but that was hilarious. To that answer your hilarious. question, no, Sean did not take did not take any liberties. That's a that's a, gotcha. a, a no in the uh in the audiobook world. So any producer would 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 uh would, would cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> so but it, it, it's a good point. You would think that it would be something like that. So but um, as we start to wrap things up on this, because the book just ends pretty much after that. I know a lot happens in this and we don't want to spoil everything for everybody. And if you haven't read it yet, you definitely want to go and check this story out because it's not just uh, a filler type of story. A lot happens. You get the whole point of the thing where they get up to the, the third or fifth floor where Mike and Tommy think that they're going to go in there. They kill Dewey and all of a sudden trips right there. And the whole interaction between Trip and uh, uh, the 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 Fox Bennington. Bennington Bennington I keep on saying Benelli, but yeah. that's Mrs. Benelli from the other story. Bennington is just kind of friggin' hilarious. Uh, we you know Trip is using his shrouded world um, sling like in Fallout, like like or he uses uh, like in Fallout uh, references when he talks about the uh, uh, who was the bug. Who's the bug? 
Oh, the Linux. Bri- Lines. Oh, Linux. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Bria Bria yeah. the Bria Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Bria Tine. And then I love the fact that Tommy was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like, what? What do you mean? I, I love the fact that I read all the series and I kind of get these little bit of like connections. Like, I just, I never thought the first time they like, a Bria well, Tine either. Yeah, it's not. I kind of wish really... Mike would have had a Briagene a lot sooner because that would really help him with the no. <laughs> I'm hoping in the new in in the fantasy story because he's talking about bringing everybody back. I'm hoping he brings in Calendar, and I'm hoping he brings back Linux because yeah, Linux was all awesome. awesome. Um, I do. So have... I just finished the Bleed series, and I didn't realize how prevalent uh, Calendar is in that series. Oh yeah, I haven't read that one yet. What are we gonna say, Robbie? Oh, now does Tommy obviously knows the future? Mm -hmm. Does he know how Mike Mike's fate ends or no? I don't think Tommy does, but I think Trip does. Yeah, I don't don't think Mike knows how Tommy how Mike Mike is gonna die. No, Trip has hinted a couple of times that. Well, this timeline that we're on now is totally messed up because Ron's not supposed mm-hmm. to die in this timeline. Yeah. Dano isn't supposed to be around. And Trip isn't supposed to Trip was supposed to go with them to New York. So there's a lot happening on this on, on this plane and this, this this reality or this timeline, however you want we're wording it and doing it, that I think Trip knows what happens with Mike because he tells them on other did we fight werewolves in this one in another timeline you know you're not alive you die but in this one you live and you know we're 22 is coming out in a couple of weeks in march so it's going to continue to go so trip i think trip knows what's going to happen but Coming up in the next one, not to spoil it if you don't want to hear what happens, kids, three, two, one. The next book is where Trip dies and he says, it's not my time or it was my time or something to that effect. It came yeah, he, oh time. man, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I cried when he fucking died. Yeah. I was like, how could oh, you, yeah, Mark? How like, yeah. yeah, everybody bring a, have, have a drink to toast to, uh, to, to <laughs> part of Trip in next week's, uh, next week's episode. Hundred so, percent, because it's gonna be amazing. So, what's question. up, Chantel? Real quick, Chantel is uh, joining us. She says, "Oh, Chantel, sorry, Chantel, my bad." Uh, can't wait to discuss next week's book. She has questions. You should come on. Email me. Yeah, Chantel, come Michael on. Talbot, Let's go on it. Michael yeah, Talbot yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, anything anybody got before we wrap things up? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, what's her, is her name? April. She's back on the team. Yes. Harmon, I thought play. it was. Harmon, Harmon, thank you. Um, her, her first name might be April, or I could have just made it up. Um, yeah, but she's back on the team, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her boyfriend dies like a dumbass, though. <laughs> uh, but Steve's trying to write, he, he dies rescuing her. Yeah. Like, no, uh, he died being a has it completely under control. Like he threw a monkey wrench into mm-hmm. the whole thing, trying to be the big man on campus, and he doesn't have that role. He's, I'm sorry, but stay like you. You deal with food service, okay? Stick with food service and mail delivery. Like I get, I get being worried, 
but like Harmon should have expressed to you how how thorough might get shit done. Mm-hmm. You don't need to you don't need to try and step in. And honestly, you probably should have gone to him a lot sooner because yeah, but he, didn't know, he doesn't know that Mike is the guy that gets shit done. He was trying to be the hero <laughs> and save his girlfriend, which I think any guy would do in his right mind. Or, you know, he's yeah. also kind of young and naive and the world's going to shit. You don't know what's going to happen. It's not like there's another girl out there that he can, you know, go on match.com. It's, you know, finding a good date or a good girlfriend or boyfriend is in limited supplies. So you want to you want to save and protect what you have at no. that moment so uh, i'm gonna be open- honest man. if there are tra- if, i'm sorry if there are trained marines saving my wife i'm gonna let them at it i don't say yeah. um, i know my you- skill like i'm okay but i'm definitely not gonna definitely not gonna step in between a trained soldier that's already set up okay she was a member of my crew i'm gonna do whatever i can to save her I'm not going to get in the way. I'm not going to try and interfere with 100%. that. 100%. I would hope my 100%. wife would understand. Yeah. I really do. Dioka down in the chat says, do we want to see Mike die in the Lost Journals? Or do we get to no. see Mike die in the Lost Journals? We don't know yet. Uh, Lost Journals are still going on. My thought, and when we get to the Lost Journals, um, how why the Lost Journals came about, because you're kind of wondering, when did all of this happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, because in book 16... It ends. BT leaves uh, and goes mm-hmm. off and starts his own adventure. And then, you know, Mike continues on. So when did this all happen? My theory on that are the lost journals are part of a different timeline in the yep. in the whole yeah. Velvet verse. My, my theory is it's... Kind of like Tommy being evil. I consider that a different timeline. My, mm-hmm. my theory is it's the adventures in between what happened... After um, after they captured the ship and set off, it's in that timeline two years before they got back onto mainland mm-hmm. in Florida. So that's my theory. Everybody's got a theory because we don't know. The only person that does know probably isn't going to tell us because he's going to keep us guessing. Because he doesn't even know yet. I guarantee he doesn't even know. No, he doesn't. He has no clue what he's going to write next to explain all of this away. Um, we are one edible away from finding out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. My question is, uh, what's you guys' favorite part about this book? Like, Sorry, what, was that? what was your favorite, favorite part, part of this book? Part of the book. Mike trying to throw Dino out of the plane was my absolute favorite part. I love that part. The fact that he succeeded. The fact that he succeeded. Like, yeah, he literally just he left did. And yeah. walked away. Yeah. I love that part. Absolutely yep. love that part, too. Um, favorite, I hate Dino. She is my least favorite character out of all of the characters. I hate her so far. Every time she's involved in a situation, I'm like, just put a bullet in her head. Like, I, my buddy Jason, you'll, you'll, he's the one that waves in the chat. He, he won't ever join the podcast. Me and him talk about the books, mm-hmm. but he's, he's way too shy to join the podcast. And sorry to call for calling you out, Jason. Forgive me later. Uh, but uh, like he, he read them before I did. He got me on the series. And I kept asking him, I'm like, when's she going to die? Because I want her to die. She needs to die like right now. And it just kept going and going. And when she finally dies, I'm like, okay, 
She's dead. I feel better now. <laughs> no. I hate to know. Fuck, I, I hate think that Dino ne- I think Dino needs to come back. I think we need to bring Dino back. Because I think she works well with Mike and Mike works well with her. If her and Mike could ever see eye to eye, it would be a great matchup. They're great They're enemies, but I think they would be great frenemies now. where they need each other. You know, they go off on an adventure, and no matter what, Dino's always saving Mike's ass. And he They did that. The whole trip to Edna Station, she was on his side. Right. And he, you know, he looked out for her. She looked out for him. Like they did that, and then the very next book, she's trying to kill him. Right, <laughs> trying to set him up, trying to murder we need, him. We need more of that. My opinion, we need more of that. So, and we doesn't, gonna, doesn't so much. she saved Mike when he got shot? Yeah, she saves him at the airport. Um, yeah, where yeah she, she, does. And she even makes a point of saying, "I did that, Michael. I saved you." Because she's a self-preservationist and she wants him to know that now she he owes her again. But when they get in the plane, he doesn't give a F. He's just ready to drop her. Yes. And yep. she says, she's like, people were watching. Like That's I what it's called. That's all she like, cares about. I had to people, people were watching. watching. Yeah, I got to say my favorite part is when Harmon slaps the shit out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like that part, too. <laughs> came from Chicago. Yes. Came from Chicago. Oh, yeah. also, I do got to say this, uh, Mark, if you happen to watch this, hear this last little part of it. Um, I like Miracle Whip, okay? I don't think it's Ghost Feces, and we're just going to leave that at that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a Miracle Whip guy, too, if I have to eat a sandwich. Yeah, uh, Mel, Mel, Mel eats Hellman, so we have two different types of, of mayonnaise in the house. But I, 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 I'm I, with Mark. I want the actual mayonnaise. I don't want Miracle Whip. Like, if it's a point, like, I could eat Miracle Whip. But it's not a preference of mine. I will I will take the Hellman's. I want real mayonnaise. Nope. I'm a miracle. Like if I can get real, real mayonnaise, I'll take that. There we go. So all right. That is where we are going to end things. Thank you all for joining us tonight. We will be back next week as we're doing book 15. We are coming to an end of the series before it gets before the reboot so to speak, uh, before we get into the Lost Journals. If you like the show and you're watching it, follow us on Facebook. It gave us a five-star rating and review. The video version of the show is up on Spotify. You can listen to audio on Apple, on Audible, or on uh, Amazon Prime, or any of that. I want to thank my guests for joining us. Uh, Thank Amber, as always, for being a kick-ass co-host. Amber, tell us where people can find you. Oh, man, if you guys would be so awesome as to go on to Amazon and um, go to just search Melody Leon and Amber Smith over there. We are content creators over there. Give us a follow. Honestly, if you just do that, we would greatly appreciate it because, you know, following content creators is the way that, you know, we stay above, we float above, you know. So that would be freaking awesome if you do. And Jeff, I know you don't want to toot your own horn, but this man over here is narrating his own audio books right now. And he is not shy to share it on either the <laughs> podcast page or his page. So show him some love. Give him some likes because his voice is absolutely amazing when it comes to um, narrating these books. Okay. Thank you. You're very too kind. Yeah, I got a couple of audiobooks out now. They're actually, uh, I'm getting my website finally up and going. Just jeffroids.com, getting the audiobooks up there. So I just finished the 
Harold Guardian series. Uh, we're on book two. I'm hoping the guy continues with it. I'm not sure they're short stories, so but we shall see. And always, if you are listening to the podcast, check out, if you have not yet, The Parent Plague, Mark's short story from Halloween that he wrote for me to narrate, especially because he's such a super small guy. Um, it was a lot of fun and it was great. And it's another Mark story. It's a totally new characters, cast of characters. And it was a lot of fun. It so, was awesome. Chris, thank you for joining us. Get back downstairs to happy hour. Uh, it sounds like you haven't had enough tonight. I'm jealous. I have not. There's more beer to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, Robbie, I appreciate you coming back on with okay. us tonight. Thank uh, you for me, man. Good luck with school. I'm hoping all goes well. And we will see thank everybody you. again next week. You all have a good night. We will talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you. See ya.